Hi, this is NFL Network's Patrick Claibon welcoming you to another episode of the 4th and Out podcast. It's the best podcast. Well, yeah, I'll say it. It's the best podcast in the world because you are listening to it right now. It's in your ears and you hear me and I'm telling you it's the best. You could be listening to any podcast in the world, but you're not. You're listening to the 4th and Out because, well... The universe has decided to give you this, this opportunity to hear a fantastic podcast. So continue on the path that life is set you and enjoy the fourth and out podcast. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the fourth and out podcast with me, George Evans. Joining me this week, uh, Ollie Broom. Ollie, how's it going, mate? Good evening, mate. All good. Long time no see. Long time no see. It's been at least three days, two days, three days. <laughs> 48 hours, we'll go with, oh no, it's Wednesday today, I thought we were recording on Tuesdays. Oh yeah, blimey, it's been a whole 72 hours since I last seen you, what's been going on? Um, recovering, really. Mm. Good day, we'll you, mate. Yeah, very, very good day that we'll uh, get into. It's a day we shared with our friend Liam Boges, who's on the pod as well. Liam, how's it going? Yeah, good, thank you. Good to be back and absolutely cracking, uh, cracking day on Sunday. Yeah, man, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, just for just for the listeners, I guess, we don't get to see each other a lot, do we? As we mentioned on um, a previous podcast, it was good to see you boys. First time I've seen you, well, it's first time I've seen Ollie in about six months. First time I've seen you, Bodge, in a couple of months. So, um, yeah, it was good to good to see you both. And I think it's the perfect place to start, isn't it? Because we don't get to go to games a lot. This is, Ollie, this was your first ever game, mate. So, um, yeah, it was a good one as well. Good game, yeah. So Jacksonville won their first game in, in 20, uh, beating the Dolphins 23-20. But um, George, talk about the atmosphere, what you enjoyed about it and what you thought it was going to be to what it was. Um, I'd say better than I even thought or knew that it would be. Um, just such a good atmosphere, like such a good day out, so much going on, you know, all around the stadium. Um, all 32 jerseys and college ones as well. Like we saw them all around Liverpool Street, all on the train there. Just just a brilliant atmosphere and a brilliant day out. Yeah, man, it was so good. You're right about, you know, seeing all the jerseys. I'm pretty sure we did see every single one and there was a lot of Clemson ones and, and stuff like that. But it's just, it feels like, I haven't been to a Super Bowl before, but everyone who's, who comes over to London says it's pretty much what it's like. No matter what happens in the game, everyone's just so hyped up for it but um bodge was there any difference between the uh game on sunday as opposed to the the jets falcons one that you also went to yeah a lot actually i thought the jets falcons was probably about as average as game you're gonna see it wasn't bad it was okay um you know the jets fans probably just outweighed the falcons fans which is always quite interesting when it's the away team that does that um but this weekend was a different gravy it was it, it, we said beforehand it's the most supported team in England, in the Dolphins, and London's team in the Jags. And it really told. There was a massive following, I think, for both teams. And a lot of people got behind the Jags this weekend, a lot of neutrals, which obviously tends to happen as the underdog, but also being London's team, I think that really had an impact to get behind Trevor Lawrence. So that was fantastic. And it created for a fantastic game and a fantastic atmosphere. That was was the sixth game I've been to, and that was definitely the best. Everyone was willing that field goal field goal over absolutely actually. yeah um, and obviously he hit it so yeah good celebrations 
Yeah, so good. It was good to see him win because they actually played pretty well, Jacksonville, throughout the game. Um, I thought Trevor Lawrence had one of his best games um, as a Jag, maybe even his best one. I, th- I thought he played really well and he definitely um, he lived up to the hype of what everyone in London expected of him. But yeah, shout out to Matthew Wright because he hit a 54-yarder to uh, tie the game up at, at 20 or then clinching it with a 53-yarder as well for, for a bloke that I've literally never heard of who I thought done a TV show on Channel 5. <laughs> and now... You know, he's popping off 53-yard game-winning field goals. It's just good to see. It was so good to see the players afterwards because it, it means so much to them to get off this 20-game winning streak because that's all that people have spoke about. And now, Ollie, this actually puts them at the same record at the Dolphins at, at one of five, which I don't think either team is going to be showing off about. But um, it's good for the Jags, isn't it? They can build on this and it's just something for the fans to, to take away. Yeah, they played really well. A um, lot of good performance. Obviously, you mentioned Lawrence. He's now got a win to hang his hat on. Um, uh, Marvin Jones played really well. Your boy James Robinson had a nice game. Um, I think looking looking at the stats and watching the highlights on Monday, it seemed like the stats were really impressive. Like both quarterbacks had really good stats um, that he didn't necessarily realise during the game. Like I thought. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't realise Tua dropped back, I think it was 47 times. Mm-hmm. Or attempted yeah, and, 47 uh, passes. Um, yeah, let, let's not forget about Jacoby Brissett's uh, one attempt for 25 yards. So. Absolute laser. Laser, mate. Three quarterbacks had a great game. <laughs> Why is Tua throwing it right-handed? <laughs> oh, wait, no. Yeah, that really confused <laughs> me. I was like, it's just showing off now. Yeah, but, um, coming, a... coming off, um, obviously, off, what, three weeks off with broken ribs. I thought he was really impressive. He hung in the pocket, um, made some really good throws. You know, scrambled when he needed to. I was, yeah, I was, I was pretty impressed by both quarterbacks. Yeah, me too. And what was um, obviously Tua did have the interception, and it, it turned out to be relatively costly. But I thought he was good coming back from his injury. What I will say about the Jags, and um, I love the call on fourth down. Um, I'm not too sure what Brian Flores was doing. He, he's completely messed that up completely. Um, you should be taking time out, should be taking time off the clock, but the Jags have just absolutely done the Dolphins there. I think it was with five seconds to go. They've they've run cool. a play that no one expected them to, to run. Before that, they and, had third and 20 as well. Yeah. Like Lawrence took a sack before that, and you thought that was sort of game over, and they were going to have to attempt a, a Justin Tucker-esque field goal. Well, they would have had to punt and the, team, uh, the, the game would have been going to overtime. But um, fair play to Urban Meyer. You know, he had, to, he had the guts to go for that four for one. It left a one second on the clock and, and Matthew Wright puts through that, um, that field goal. But, you know, Bodge, if we're looking at the Dolphins now, they've got to be the most disappointing team in football. And it's hard to see where they go from here this season. It looks like it's just completely cooked and they don't really have an identity on either side of the ball. Um, I'd be worried. The trade deadline's coming up in 14 days. There's a lot of talk about Deshaun Watson, but I think that'd be harsh considering I thought Tua played okay. But they're kind of looking at um, they're looking at that kind of situation where they're going to have to find something to to right this ship because it's sinking badly. It's a very strange team. Obviously, losing Tua for a few games wasn't ideal for them. But aside from that, like you kind of look at all three areas of the ball and you think they've got a bit of quality everywhere like it's nothing amazing it's not the Chiefs offense and it's not the Bucks defense but it's a good solid team all all round obviously they had no Howard and no Jones on uh, Sunday and that really proved 
proved costly, I think. And I think that's probably a real reason that Jags won. Because for me, if, if Howard and Jones play, Jags don't put that amount of points on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a different, or it is literally a different ball game. Um, but you look at the Dolphins. I mean, we were, I know Ollie in particular, you had a vested interest in one of the Dolphins running backs, but they yeah, got no production from Gaskin. any of them. So I think that's a bit of a bit of a concern. But it's, it's I mean Malcolm it's Brown Malcolm Brown did all right. Like I mean I'm annoyed that he was in the game a lot because I had Gaskin in fantasy. But um yeah, he, he was on the field a lot and uh Salwan Ahmed as well. Uh, got seven carries. So But they're, they're not a team, that, they're not a team. A, yeah, they're not a team that excites you. But, but yeah, we said coming into the season this this was a team that excited us. You know, you've got they had some real playmakers coming into the team, but Will Fuller's disappeared. Um, Devontae Parker hasn't played for a few weeks. So then you're relying on Jalen Waddell, who was fantastic on, yeah. on Sunday. Fair play to him. Ten, was a, ten catches, I think he had. Yeah, ten catches, two touchdowns. He had a, a seriously good breakout game. And you could tell he's got that connection with Tua uh, going back to their college days. And that'll work out quite nicely for him. But if you can't get a running game going and you've only really got one receiver and then I guess Gasicki as well, who's a good tight end and you're you know you're struggling in coverage because you haven't got your two main guys and I don't know how long they're out for and you can't get any pressure up front they're cooked they've got no hope they've absolutely no hope in a not the toughest division but the Bills will run away with it and the, the Patriots look like an average team I mean the best you can hope for as a Miami fan now is that you're looking at a good draft pick so where do you think they would go in the draft you know what sort of hole are they looking to fill potentially I think um, you go for the for the I can't remember what his name is the edge rusher, who's kind of predicted to go at two or three because that isn't probably one of the weaker areas in the team. I, I, I'm not giving up on Tua yet. I think, and if you do give up on Tua, I think you need to go with Deshaun Watson because I don't see what drafting another quarterback's going to do. Yeah, that's it. And the thing is, like, if you go with Deshaun Watson, you're giving up your first round picks for a few years anyway. But to me, I'd go offensive line. That offensive line is terrible. I mean, that is it's so bad. You get the best tackle, the best best guard, and whoever it is, the highest rated in the, in next year's draft. Because next year's draft isn't good for isn't good for quarterbacks. I do think the Dolphins will make a move on Deshaun Watson, and I think you'll end up with two going the other way to the Texans. Whether that'll be in the next two weeks, I don't know, or whether it'll be in the off season. But um, I'd be looking out for the Dolphins to to do something in the next couple of weeks, or at least you know put their hand out there and say, look, what's it going to take to to get Deshaun Watson. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. At all. I think they need to do something because the drop-off from last season is pretty alarming. Yeah, and their owner is the kind of guy that is going to just... He'll shoot his shot, whether it's Brian Flores going or whether it's... I think something will happen in the next couple of weeks because they've got a real kind of... Um, I don't know, they've just got a real test. They've got... If they got the, I don't think they've got a bye week, haven't they? They should have a bye week coming up. Um, yeah. after the London game anyway um, although on my fixture list it's saying they're playing yeah, the Falcons they, they play this week that's right yeah Falcons oh that's out of order isn't it yeah, the only it's, team it's, that's not been given a bye week after the London game that really shocked me yeah I, I popped up on my radar as well Man, well that's I mean if they end up at 1-6 you've just lost to the, to the Falcons as well that's it I mean it's cooked I wouldn't be surprised to see Flores go and and something else kind of rapid happened. But um, yeah, good win for the Jags. Happy for them. Um, happy for their fans. Happy for Matthew Wright. And um, yeah, good stuff. All right. Let's move on to a couple more of the week six. It was week six, wasn't it? Week six games that kind of stood out. Um, Bodge, I'm going to let you run with this one, mate, because my beloved Chargers got 
I mean, their ass whooped by your Ravens. I mean, this was just a demolition job, uh, mostly by the the Ravens' defense. I thought I don't think Lamar had too much to do. The running game was kind of back to what Ravens football should be, but the the defense played lights out. Absolutely. It- if we were going to win the game, it definitely wasn't the way that I expected us to win the game. The defence, who have had quite a lot of problems through six weeks, uh, especially with tackling, were on it. I thought the pass coverage was excellent. Um, Chuck Clark, Jimmy Smith, all making plays. Josh Bynes, who is a guy who's been in and out of the Ravens, I think, three times now, kind of always on the fringes. But every time he plays, he's a leader. He comes in, he does a job, and he's probably the most underrated player that the Ravens have had over the last few years for me. Um, he came in, did excellent. Deshaun Elliott had a big game. Uh, his Get a sack, uh, his first career interception. It was just fantastic on defence to keep Justin Herbert, who, you know, it definitely wasn't his best game. Mike, Mike Williams clearly wasn't 100% either, so it wasn't a Chargers offence at full power. But to hold them to six points, and that was with giving them a short field. Um, that's everything I could have hoped for on defence and more. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the stats now, the uh, the Chargers had 26 rushing yards. I mean, that's not good. Austin Eckler with six carries for seven yards. I mean, you, you, you bottled them up at every you know point you really could. They didn't have barely anything receiving. Justin Herbert didn't have his best day, but I wouldn't say that he was the the cause of the problem here. I just think that... Your running game especially, I was impressed with the running game. Um, and it was good to see that kind of get going because before this, it's been kind of one of the worst rushing attacks, which is odd, but you've relied on Lamar's arm. Uh, but it's good to see that he can win two different ways. It really is. Um, yeah, on offense, absolutely. Lamar probably was a little bit under under average. Um, I thought, uh, he had a, particularly his first interception was, was really bad. Um, to put it bluntly, kind of just missed the defender. But the rushing game, you've got three former pro bowlers and 1,000-yard rushers in there. There's a lot of quality. There's a lot of age in there as well. But, um, yeah, all three of them uh, got in the end zone. It was um, just fantastic. Really, really impressive how we played. Yeah, I don't know how much you got to see this one, Ollie, if you're on your way back um, with Bodge um, after the, the game on Sunday. But what did you make of it? Well, we hung around Tottenham for a little while after, actually. Um, so we watched it in a pub that was called uh, The Coach and Horses on Tottenham High Road. Um, possibly the cheapest pub in London, £4 a pint. That is dirt <laughs> cheap, isn't it? <laughs> um, so, yeah, we sort of watched it. They had um, It's pretty busy in there. They had a load of TVs, Red Zone on a few, uh, this game on a few as well. So, yeah, it was sort of um, just impressive from the Ravens, really. Um, they can sort of beat you in in a lot of different ways, I think. Like Bod said, like Lamar didn't need to be at his best passing wise. Um and obviously they're atop the AFC now. So Yeah, going I mean, clear. He's, he's tight up there, but um is it uh, Bengals this weekend? Yeah, which is a big showdown actually. You know, For, nine uh, nine wins between. Yeah, that's yeah. actually a that is a lovely game to be fair. Um yeah, that's that's one I'm genuinely excited for. That's on TV, isn't it, Bodge, on, uh, on Sky it Sports? It is, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye on that. I'll have Red Zone on one and that game on the other because I like both of those teams. Yeah, impressed by the Ravens. I've been impressed all season. They'll go far. I've got no doubt about that. All right, uh, let's move on to a few more. Well, we'll go to your Steelers next. Cause they, I wouldn't say it was the most exciting game in the world, but you know, any game that goes to overtime warrants some excitement. 
and uh, the Steelers beating the Seahawks 23-20. Um, just about. Just about. Ben, Big Ben against Geno Smith. It's, it's what we all wanted on Sunday Night Football, you know. Who wouldn't want that? Um, yeah, he's made that decision. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Geno Smith managed to work his way into Monday Night Football this week as well. It's just... I was going to say, when you look at the primetime games this, this week as well, it's not an exciting bunch. No, it's, it's, it's not okay. I mean, especially the one on uh, Thursday, but blimey, we'll... We'll, uh, we'll get to that. Uh, Ollie, what did you make of this one, mate? I thought um, Najee Harris looked good again. I thought Big Ben looked, you know, okay, 29 for 40 um, and one touchdown. You know, he'd he done what he kind of needed to do against a relatively poor Seahawks team. Yeah, no interceptions, which is pleasing and just sort of giving Harris the ball, really, 24 carries. Um, pretty nice, but I think it's all about the defence, really, and, and the importance of TJ Watt with that strip sack. Um setting up the game-winning field goal in overtime. That guy is such a freak, man. Like, two sacks, three tackles for losses. I mean, and then that forced fumble in overtime. He is just nuts. If anyone has earned that that new contract that he was given, it's, it's TJ Watt, because I can't think of a, a better defensive player in the NFL at the moment. He's overtaken Aaron push. Donald for me. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, definitely, definitely this season. Yeah, 100%. Um, You'd be looking at him and Trayvon Diggs for defensive player of the year so far, but he's such a difference maker. And is it Alex Hightower as well? Highsmith. Alex Highsmith, yeah. yeah. He looks like a serious player as well. Yeah, another good find. Um, I think we might have flagged him up on one of our preview shows um, before the season. Let's pat myself on the back there. Um, yeah, by that, when you say we, I know it was you <laughs> who did it. So if Take you just want to come out, come out and say that it was you that did it, that's fine, mate. That's fine. People can um, go back and listen. But yeah, they're, they're going into their bye now at 3-3, three, three. Um, sort of probably the best they could have hoped for, um, certainly a couple of weeks ago. Um, and they've just picked up two two games that they had to win. They've gone and won them, not overly impressively, but you know it's just about putting putting a figure in the win column and moving on. Um, getting a few players back on defence. Obviously, like Juju's out for the season, which is a shame, but... Um, Deontay Johnson's really stepping up as the number one wide receiver. And Harris is getting going. So, yeah, more of the same, I think. Yeah. You're, doing would, your, I... you're doing your tight end a disjustice mm-hmm. here. One, yeah, rush, one yard. It's because it's I can't pronounce his name. Fryer move. No, <laughs> TD Bron. TD Bron. Oh, TD Bron. Oh, Eric TD Bron. Yeah. Rushing oh, touchdown. Yeah. Ball up. Love to see it. I mean, I mean, that is just high efficiency, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, to be fair, who saw that play coming? That was Dana. great. A jet sweep to your massive tight end. Yeah, and it worked. There was no one near him. Didn't get touched on the way to the end zone. No, I'd be I'd, I'd be pretty happy with where you are, Ollie, to be fair. I mean, it's a tough division. Every team's um, at least 500 or above. So, you know, you've, you've got to be pretty pleased with that. The Seahawks are without Russell Wilson, obviously, but they've still got some decent weapons. And Alex Collins had a good game for the Seahawks. They got over 100 rushing yards. But, yeah, no, I think that's a nice win. A nice win. You should be happy. Yeah, I think they just need to hang in there in the playoff race. Obviously, they're they're looking in from the outside at the moment, but um, just got to sort of hang in there and just keep trying to trying to pile up the wins. There's, there's teams like the Browns though that seem to be going in the wrong direction. Um, you know, teams like the Dolphins, the Patriots, who you'd consider to be wild card contenders, again also looking um, quite far off the face. It's, it's essentially I can't see. It's, it's kind of a off the off the cuff thought, but I think the three wild card teams are almost certainly now going to come from the AFC West and the AFC North. So it's it's kind of a two horse race in that sense. 
the three spots. Yeah, you can't argue with that. The AFC South is so bad that, I mean, the Colts might somehow find a way, but after the, the Titans win against the Bills, which we will come on to, um, then it's, it's looking more unlikely. But yeah, I mean, the AFC, you'll have the, you'll have the better teams in the AFC. That's my thought on it anyway. But um, it's an interesting one. The Patriots, the Patriots are a weird one. We'll go on to the Patriots game now because this is another cracking game, actually, to be fair. Like, this went to, this went to overtime. So Dallas Cowboys 35, New England 29. Um, let's start with the Cowboys who are now 5-1 and 5-1 and and for the first time in quite a long time, actually. Um, man, this is a good football team. This might be one of the best football teams in football and it might be the best team in the NFC. Um, Dak Prescott, you know, 51 dropbacks of 444 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Uh, the running game's been getting going every single game. I mean, C.D. Lamb went off uh, for 149 yards and two touchdowns. Bodge, I know how much you love this Cowboys team, but even you couldn't have expected it to go this well. They are in my opinion, the most exciting team to watch in the NFL right now. They are putting up points and yards. Harsh on the, harsh on the Bears, to be fair. But yeah. <sighs> I mean, you know, the 500-yard gains constantly from Justin Fields. Mm. Yeah, maybe. But um, no, Dak is absolutely fantastic. As you say, the, the two-headed beast that it's becoming of Zeke and Pollard is seriously impressive. And I don't think anyone expected this sort of production. Um Wide outs and tight ends, you know, they're just a bit of a joke. And this is without Michael Gallup as well, who's still not back yet. It's it's only going to get stronger. And then on defense, um, you know, you can only start by talking about Trayvon Diggs, who I'll go against the grain a little bit and say I think the seven interceptions are making his play look better than it is. Because I, would, I think no, he's getting I would burnt quite a lot. <laughs> he's getting burnt quite a lot. But I think right, he's a ball he, hawk at the same time. Yeah, he's a ball hawk, and. He's a bit of a maverick in that he just, you know, always is trying to make the play on the ball when maybe he could sort of, not trying to do him a disservice, but maybe he allows the completion and stops the first down perhaps. Because after he made the interception, Matt Jones threw a touchdown against him on the, I think it was the next play, was it? It was literally yeah, the next play, yeah. Yeah, the um, next play. You know, he's, he's gone for the interception and he's missed it and they've got a walk-in touchdown. So, yeah, yeah it's he's... hit on me. It is hit or miss. I mean, it, it's unfortunate for him that he came straight after the pick six, but yeah, it was blown coverage. And you know, fair play to Matt Jones, he picked him out. He's got 75 yards for a touchdown. But if I'm the Dallas Cowboys and I've got Trayvon Diggs, who's got seven interceptions in, in six games, I'd be, I'd be taking some of those, especially at a five and one record, because you know that you've got the offense to, to back it up. And I mean, potentially, people, you know, seeing those stats, people might not pick on him as readily as they would some other players. No, absolutely. They, well, they won't. That's the thing. I mean, he's, he's by far and away the best. Um, I will say he's the best cornerback in the league at the moment because you, he's doing what you want your cornerbacks to do. Yeah, breaking up coverage, but also getting the ball um, and creating turnovers and creating turnovers for touchdowns as well, which is exactly what he's been doing. And we can't look over the fact that seven interceptions in six games is, is huge. Like The most last year was 10. Which I think was, oh, yeah. um, it's an insane record. I think the record might be fourteen, um, which he's he's got a shot at, Doable. especially in a seventeen game season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you say he's that kind of ball hawk, then he's going to go after it a lot more, and he will get he will get at least a few more. Yeah, every this Cowboys defense. I do want to talk about it because I've been really impressed by it. I know they gave up twenty nine in this game, but um, in other games, especially, they've looked 
very good. Micah Parsons is a, just a freak. I think banged on for uh, defensive yeah, rookie of the year. Who picked him as defensive rookie of the year? All right, I didn't realise what show this was, mate. I mean, it's give yourself love show, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think oh, you had yeah. it as well, didn't you? Yeah, but you know, I, I don't brag. But yeah, um, I did pick him. But to be fair, some other picks have not gone well, so I don't want to highlight that. Like the Washington football team. Jesus. Um, but yeah, no, I, all around the board, I'm impressed with this Cowboys team. The offensive line's fantastic. The offense itself is just brilliant. The defense is playing a lot better. Um, they've got a legitimate feel of a Super Bowl team now. I mean, we'll just say now, like, they've won their division. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's done. Um, so, yeah, a lot to look forward to for them in the playoffs. Yeah, good stuff. Um, Boz, you want to put a word in about the New England Patriots? They, play, they fought well in this game, you know. Um, they put up 29 points, which isn't something the Patriots often do, to be fair to them. Um, and Mac Jones had another nice day. He's, he's looking like a, the most competent quarterback that's come out of the class so far. Um, there's, there's things to like about the Patriots. Yeah, I totally agree. It's good to see people like um, Kendrick Bourne getting a good game as well because the Patriots wide receivers, even after all of their upgrades, still haven't looked particularly good this year. To be fair, Kendrick Bourne only only got one catch, but it was for that 75-yard touchdown. Hey, Patriots will take anything right now. Too Um, too right. (laughs) Yeah, Hunter Henry started to come into his own a little bit at tight end. um, And it was good to see Ramondre Stevenson get some action as well, a guy that I've been looking forward to seeing and a guy I've just picked up off waivers in my other league. So I'm hoping he keeps that up. Um, But no, definitely, it was a decent Patriots performance. And they were, as you say, beaten by definitely a top three team probably in the NFL right now. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to another top three team in the NFL. Arizona Cardinals 37, Cleveland Browns 14. Uh, the Cardinals still the only unbeaten team in the NFL with a 6-0 and record now and uh, beating up on a, a banged-up Cleveland team, which is only kind of going one way. But um, yeah, Kyler Murray putting in another stake for um, early season MVP. Four touchdowns in this game, no picks. This team is so good. I mean, especially on offense, they, they seem kind of unstoppable. And it's not just the fact that they've got uh, Kyler Murray, but they're throwing touchdowns to AJ Green, Christian Kirk, DeAndre Hopkins got a couple, using Rondell Moore. The run game's getting going with James Conner, who actually looked pretty good, and Chase Edmonds as well. Um, and their defense is making plays. Ollie, I, I love this Cardinals team. They, they might be the best team in football. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. Can't on. pick any holes in them. Um, yeah. I think... It's, you just say it was a banged up Browns team and you know, they have got a lot of injuries um, but you've still got to go and take care of business and they did it impressively and they've got a week 7 date with the Texans I think so likely to be extending that record to 7 and 0 Yeah they're, they're, especially in a difficult division they're just they're, it's just some of the games they've won it's not just this one but it's the Rams game it's the Titans one at the start of the season they just Again, look like think- them Murray only had six yards rushing. He did it all with yeah. his arm. Um, yeah. Really, really, yeah. really impressive. That, that's the thing. He doesn't need to run. Although, to be fair to Kylo, he did, he did have seven carries for those six yards. It's not his most productive uh, kind of day. So he was kind of spotted by, by Garrett and that. But, um, yeah, Bodge, what do you make of this Cardinals team? I think we can all say now that they're the real deal. I mean, we would probably question it at 4-0, and but now at 6-0, and beating some good teams, especially the Rams. They look like a, a genuine Super Bowl team. I think the weapons that Kyler Murray has are just terrifying for any team that he comes up against. Mm. Like, you've got Hopkins, you've got Kirk, you've got Moore, you've got 
Connor Edmonds. You've now got Ertz in the mix, and that's ridiculous. That that's like the amount of quality that three teams should have, not one. Um, still not sold on them totally on defense. Um, I think there's still a fair bit of room for improvement there. Although um, their their additions that have come in have been impressive, um, and kind of the younger players they've got in the draft are still getting better. So it's definitely not a kind of a, a defense going the wrong way. At least it's only going to grow kind of this year and next year. I think so. Yeah, I I definitely think they're going to be there come kind of late January and I I think it's I'd be very surprised they're probably not in the AFC champion NFC championship game. I'd be surprised if they are in the AFC championship game. That would be one uh, hell of a surprise. <laughs> that would be a definite, you know, you'd have my approval then. Yeah, I mean, I wonder what the odds are on that. But um if we're looking at uh, the AFC team here the Browns, so Ollie, are we worried about the Browns? They're getting banged up all over the place. They've just lost <laughs> Kareem Hunt for a few weeks. They didn't have Nick Chubb in this game. They didn't have either of their two tackles in this game. I mean, Baker's now going to be out for the next game as well. I mean, yeah, this just the a... injury bug hitting. I think they've named Case Keenum as their starter tomorrow night. Oh. Um, I don't know. It's just a obviously, I shouldn't really be saying this, you know, a division rival, but you don't want to see these teams losing all their best players because, no. you know, you want to see the best take on the best. And um, yeah, I think Hunt's gone on IR, so yeah. he'll be out. They play the Steelers in a couple of weeks. Um, so he'll be out and yeah sort of worrying times they, they need, need to muddle through um, but yeah I just can't see them doing that if I'm honest Mayfield's shoulder injury doesn't sound like it's going to get better without like a lot of weeks off, yeah, like if not a season rest, ender you know, yeah if, if you're under as well yeah so I, I, I think this is a is a team definitely trending the wrong way. It's also a defence that's now put up 85 points in two weeks, which I know they've played two incredibly good offences, but, you know, you'd expect them to be playing a lot better than they are or certainly to be producing a lot less points than they are. You'd almost want a bit of a reaction against the Cardinals, which didn't really happen. No, it's hard when you've got... It is hard when you've got no injuries, uh, those injuries, though, because... Especially at tackle and running back. And look, Baker was banged up. And look, they've got a chance to get it right on Thursday night against Denver. Um, and then, you know, Case Keenan was 12 and 4 under Stefanski at the Vikings. You know, let's not rule it out. It's not impossible. And I actually, I, I rate Case Keenum, I think, for a backup quarterback. He's probably one of the better ones you're going to find in the NFL. But for the Browns as a whole, like, and I really like the Browns. Um, you know, I'm not as Ollie mentions, they're a divisional rival for both of us, but I do feel sorry for them because when you watch that kind of one-two punch of Chubb and Hunt, it's a great thing to see. Yeah, exactly. It's a shame, but uh, it's the way the football goes, isn't it? Some teams, it happened to the 49ers last year, and uh, it sadly looks like it's happening to the Cleveland Browns this year. Um, all right, Ollie, I know you wanted to give a bit of Vikings love. I, I did try and not do it um, on this show just because Liam's not here and I've just had to listen to him for 20 minutes on another podcast, but uh, I'll let you have your, your Kirk Cousins moment. Well, I think um, let's have a bit of positivity, you know, <laughs> without, without Liam here, someone's got to be positive about the Vikings. Um, There's no and, one positive when Liam is here. And yeah, yeah I mean, so true. I, I, I was wrong. I said to him, you know, they put up like, what, 27 points or something over the past two Oh um, yeah, in this yeah yeah yeah. In and I was like, go and go and do something, go and show me something, and they did. <laughs> Cousins went for three hundred and seventy-three yards. 
Um, and then is it an overtime win? Um, Another overtime win, yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, taking care of business. I think it's time to say that Kirk Cousins is good at football. And do you know how much that hurts me to say it? <laughs> like, it really fucking hurts. But he's good. And this is the best Kirk Cousins we've probably ever seen. You know, it's getting to the point where now you can rely on him. All right, he had a couple of bad, well, not bad, not even bad weeks, but average weeks. But four of the six weeks, he's been really good. And in this game, he was really good. All right, yeah, Dalvin Cook had a big game as well. But the, the Vikings as a whole put up 560 yards or something ridiculous. And they had to rely on Cousins' arm to do it at the end to get him in that, uh, to get him in the end zone for the for the overtime touchdown. But this was a, a Panthers defense that was well thought of as by us. Um, mm-hmm. Premium. Yeah, where it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, another team sort of trending downwards, sadly, after a three and zero start. I think it was. That's it. Three and zero is the best record and the worst record in football. You can really tell. It's same with the Broncos as well that have ended up at three and three. It is kind of, it is kind of making it obvious on on the Panthers. Um, the problem is, I was going to say the problem is Sam Darnold, but that seems harsh. But Sam Darnold only got hot in the last fifteen minutes of this game. Before that, he was absolutely terrible. But the Panthers look kind of cooked without Christian McCaffrey. Um, McCaffrey just gives you that option, doesn't he? He he leads that that offense. He is that that presence in the backfield, and he is that go-to for Sam Darnold if he's got nothing else on. Um, and without him, Bodge, they just kind of look a bit lost on offence. Yeah, it was problems kind of all over the offence, really. Um, Sam Darnold with seven more incompletions than completions is a very big concern. Um, you know, Chuba Hubbard did his best, but I kind of looked down the the receivers uh, for the Panthers. Robbie Anderson, he got a touchdown in this game, but still producing very, very little yards. Terrace Marshall was a rookie that I think a lot of people are excited about. He's really not had an impact this season. I think, I don't know whether it's Donald's fault or the receiver's fault, but there's definitely a connection there that it's becoming a bit of a one-man band and it's just DJ Moore. And until McCaffrey's back, I can't see that changing um, unless Donald can really turn this team around. Have they got a timeline on McCaffrey? Uh, He's on IR, but he'll be back on week nine. So they've got at least two more games without him, mm. which is worrying because, yeah. yeah, Donald just hasn't given you much at all. And you're right, without DJ Moore, this this team is um, is worrying. And that defense is just it appears like it's getting worse and worse week in week out. So um, yeah, they're a team to look out for, that's for sure. Um, all right, is there anything else you boys want to talk about in week six before we move on to uh, preview a couple of the games in week seven? Trying to talk about the the Bears new owner. Uh, no man, I've had this, I've had this everywhere. I've been over Twitter. These, do you know what? And just if, in case anyone hasn't heard this story, um, Aaron Rodgers after his rushing touchdown comes out and says, "I still own you, or I own you, or something like that." To the Bears fans, and do you know what the worst bit is? He does. <laughs> that is actually the worst part about it. I think he's played twenty-seven times against the Bears. He's won twenty-two of them. I mean. I don't know what more you can say about that. They're I just quite a... like this. I think I saw a picture of um, taken in the crowd and the amount of abuse and middle fingers he's getting. Like, good on him for giving some back. Is it good on him, though? Is it? When he's come out multiple times and said how much he loves Chicago, how many good times he's had in Chicago, and then he's doing this kind of bollocks. Like, do you know what? Think... Normally I'd like it, but it's because it's him and it's because it's the Packers. I think also a little bit concerning for 
everyone else is he's clearly got a chip on his shoulder and you know he wants to to prove something um yeah, but can you come out and say I still own you after scoring twenty four points against the Bears? <laughs> I mean, come out, it, come out and do fifty, mate. And then it was a bit of a weak it. statement. It was I, no, I do agree with that. Actually, that's a good point. And I think the thing for I think it's probably just built up frustration. Like when you think back to what we were talking about in week one, when he had an absolute stinker against the Saints, it's him kind of. I think as Ollie says, it's kind of him channeling that and trying to really go out in Green Bay with a bang but uh, it's one of them where if it happens to you you absolutely hate it if that's a guy the other way around if that's Justin Fields going into Lambeau and shushing all the Packers fans there's nothing you're enjoying more yeah but the thing is people like Justin Fields nobody likes Aaron Rodgers man (laughs) other than Green Bay people nobody likes Aaron Rodgers he's a tit you know and yeah, all right, but my yeah, but as I say, my point is this: go up and put a fifty burger against the Bears, and then do it. Don't do it after just scrambling for a touchdown late in the fourth quarter to beat us. Do you know what I mean? It's it's it. No, 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 fuck off. I mean, I ain't got no time for the Packers or Aaron Rodgers. I don't even think they're the best team in the NFC North. I actually think the Vikings are the best team, which is even more heartbreaking to say. But I think the Vikings have got more about them than than the Packers. Yeah, the Packers are five and one, but I think they're a false five and one. Um, so yeah. Six yeah, mm. I think my last shout out for week six would be a bit of Colts love. I want to give Colts a little bit of love. For the, you know, it was against the Texans, but oh. they put up 30 points. Jonathan Taylor had a big game. It was good to see T.Y. Hilton back. It was, um, yeah, I, I think especially after seeing them on that Monday night game against the Ravens, I know they lost it, but they played very well. So I think they're a team on the up. I'm not sure they're quite a playoff team, but they're a lot better than what we thought they were probably a good three weeks ago. Yeah, they're not, the Colts aren't a bad team. Like they're, av- they're just average across the board and they will beat up on these bad teams. And the Texans are definitely one of these bad teams. I, I think we, we kidded ourselves a little bit thinking they were frisky in the first couple of weeks. They're not frisky. I mean, they're, they're, they're so far Lack from frisky. Frisk. Yeah, no frisk. Like, just do something, Texans. Like, proper performance. Although, uh, you know... I'll give you I'll give you two more mentions before we yeah. uh, close it out. I'd just say that like, good to see the Raiders get a win, really, after all their drama. Because, yeah, um, it's I don't think it's a Raiders problem, and I, I think it's like the Raiders culture. I think it's all on that individual. Um, so yeah, good to see them come out and and get a win. Um, and I think just maybe touch on Bills Titans as well. Yeah, yeah, go on. Um, well, so I'm I can't totally remember the score. By this Titans team, 34 31. That's it. Like, I know who Derek Henry is. Everyone knows who Derek Henry is, and they still can't stop him. I don't know who the, other than that, I don't know who the Titans are. I don't know what they are. Like, but they've been, this, they've been the same for three years. I mean, yeah, as good I as mean, Tannehill's been, it's still been a Derek Henry show. I and mean, Derek Henry is just different gravy. He's at a level now that I don't think we've seen a running back since like Adrian Peterson or anything like this. He not only is the most powerful running back in the league, in this game, when he scored his, I don't know, 76-yard touchdown, he was clocked as the fastest running back all season. He was on wheels. Do you know how terrifying that is? To be the biggest and most quickest. It's like running into a fucking boulder. That was a a different Derrick Henry. Like We've seen Derrick Henry bully people. That was rapid. Average 7.2 yards a carry. It's unheard of. Against a really good Bills defense as well. 
Yeah. In 16 games, he's on pace to have more yards than he was last season. And they've got another game on top of that. Mate, he's on pace for 500 carriers. He's on pace for like 2,200 yards. That's not okay. He's already got 10 touchdowns. I mean, you can't put these figures into into words really he's so far apart from any other running back in the league at the moment and it's not really a running back league anymore it's not like it was you know let's say 10 years ago it is more it's pass heavy but this titans team if derrick henry was ever to uh, to miss some football games they, they'd be cooked they can't rely said, on anything else when I, I think it was when i was on here last a few weeks ago and we were saying that i think the titans had just come off of a bad loss and we said when they run the game with Derek Henry like 20 times or something they're like 16 and 0 it was, it was a stat something like that and we're like well, why aren't they doing this every game and now they have and now they're winning it's it's a no-brainer it makes Ryan Tannehill basically redundant but mm. it's watching Derek Henry quarterback a team is pretty insane it is amazing he yeah, was coming in he still can't stop it yeah it's weird <laughs> Yeah, but that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's a good job, I guess, by their offensive line to blow open the gaps, but you've still got to take advantage of them. But, um, and there's always that one big player game that he'll, he'll get a 70-yard run. It's, it's kind of inevitable, you know, that he's going to do this. He's incredible. And, look, I don't think the Titans are that good a football team. They'll, they'll be in the playoffs purely because the AFC South isn't very good. But Probably you know, play the Ravens because that's just what happens. Well, and then it'll be the Derrick Henry show again. But, hey, we're one yeah. We need that rubber match, I think. Yeah, I think we do as well. But yeah, if I'm a Bills fan, just just on the end of this, I'm not worried at all. It's just you came up against uh, Derek Kerry having one of those days, and that's just the way it is sometimes in football. And yeah, yeah that's how it goes. All right, let's uh, we'll quickly hit on a few games in Week Seven. Um, just looking down the pack, there's a there's a lot of teams on on a bye week, which I think we've all been hit on in fantasy. So. Uh, that's a bit of a killer, but there are there are still some good games um, around. So let's try and let's try and get into those. Um, I'll just talk about first, this isn't a good game, but I want to talk about Thursday night football quickly, which is uh, Cleveland at Denver. Um, so yeah, Case Keenum's going to be playing. There's there's no Nick Chubb, no Kareem Hunt. Um, I think both the tackles for the Browns are still going to be out, and uh, it's also questionable that Teddy Bridgewater is going to play in this game. So we could have Case Keenum against Drew Locke which is uh, uh, not good. But, um, you know... We're just quickly, up for this one, yeah? Yeah, yeah, we're all staying up for this one. This is classic. This is going to be top of the bill on the next podcast, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, if, if you're the Browns, does your season, Bodge, kind of rest on winning this game? I mean, three and four, and with your quarterback injured and both your running backs and both your tackles, who, as we've probably already said earlier in the year, are probably the best duo in tackles in football were certainly up there. Um, yeah, I, I'm worried about the Browns now. I think with Mayfield being injured and he's not going to be at full fitness again this season, realistically, Hunt might be back towards the end of the year. We don't know anything about what's happening with Nick Chubb. Oh, I just, I, I almost think we're at a stage now, even six games in and on a 500 score, it's kind of just Browns, it's not your year. No, sad, isn't it? We hyped them up so much, man. I, mean, I am. I know they're a rival of ours, but I, I do genuinely feel really sorry for them because I think they're a fantastic offense and defense to watch when it all clicks. But it's just, it's just not fallen for them this time around. 
Well, do you know I feel sorry for the the uh, commentators for Thursday night football because this game is going to stink <laughs> the house out, mate. And um, yeah, I think that's enough on that terrible game. Let's look at some actual good games. Um, Bod, your Ravens are against the Cincinnati Bengals, who have been a kind of surprised. I guess they're four and two at the moment. Joe Burrow's looked brilliant all season. Um, this is a good game, a really good game on paper and a division game as well. Yeah, week seven. This is our first divisional game, which is pretty insane um yeah and against probably the toughest opponent on paper right now um it's it's all about jamar Jamar chase and i think if the ravens stop him the ravens win if the ravens don't stop him then the bengals could put up quite a lot of points on the board um but aside from that it's it's very very simple from raven's point of view just go out there and did exactly what you did last week because you're playing another pass heavy team you're playing another quarterback who likes to throw to his receivers uh, downfield quite a lot. It's just, you know, same formula, go out, make another statement. Yeah, just a shout out to Joe Burrow before this because he's thrown two touchdowns in every game this season. I don't think any other quarterback's done that. So that is genuinely quite impressive. Um, Ollie, what do you make of this one? Obviously, you know these teams pretty well. You play them twice a year. Yeah, really like me some Jamar Chase. I think right now you're probably, probably still a bit early, but you're penciling him in as rookie of the year. Or offensive rookie of the year. Um, he's just been on fire with Burrow. So, yeah, um, Ravens got a lot to keep tabs on him. Um, where's uh, Marcus Peters playing, or is he out? Uh, he, he's only been out the first six weeks, and, you know, he's only got a broken ACL. So, yeah, I'm sure he'll be back. He'll be fine, mate. He'll be fine. If if he oh, really wants to play on. in this game, he would. Come on, Marcus. <laughs> yeah. waste, waste the time, mate. Waste the Get rid of him. No, um, I mean, yeah, yeah, co- yeah Marcus Peters uh, covering Jamal Chase. Yeah, so, I'd fancy Chase's chances. Good for my fantasy team. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, it's a tough, it's a tough game to call this because I like the Bengals' defense quite a lot. I think they've been underrated, um, and they make some big plays every week. The Ravens, though, Lamar Jackson, other than the last game, I think has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Definitely a, a top four, top five kind of kind of guy if they can get that running game going again um and they've got Rashad Bateman back he I know he had a relatively quiet game last time but it's nice to see him on the field so it gives him another option as well I like the Ravens in this in this game um just because it's the Ravens in it they know how to win these kind of games they they've been winning games that they shouldn't really have won all season um so yeah I like I like them in this bodge obviously I know you're going to go Ravens yeah I I mean there's not many teams that back us against it that back the other team against us right now, I should say. Um, I think the only real concern for us is we've got a bit of a banged up O-line at the moment. Um, we've, we've we've got like eight different O-linemen in our practice squad signed this week. So I don't quite know what's going on, but mm. it's looking a little bit ropey. And Ronnie Stanley now ruled out for the year as well um, after only playing in week one. So it's, but you know, we've now played, we've won five on the bounce without him um, and we've looked all the better for it. So, yeah, let's go Ravens. True that. Ollie, I'll just see this one going, mate. Yeah, Ravens, I think. Oh. All right. Yeah, Six and you know. one. Six and one, baby. But it doesn't always work out like that. So let's go. Yeah, I'm not coming on next week if that if we lose now. <laughs> oh, mate, you have to. How many times have me and Ollie been on after stinking defeats? It's just the way it goes. I mean, even Liam turns up, you know. I still depressed. remember oh, no, he the... He turns uh, up depressed every week. The Justin Fields rant. Oh, that'll go down the history of this podcast. Oh, yeah. That'll be my legacy. 
Yeah, when you've like you know recorded episode five hundred, that will be yeah. the one. That'll be playing at my funeral, mate. I reckon in God knows how many <laughs> years. So it's it's been me and yeah, going on. Oh yeah, God, that was annoying. All right, let's uh, let's take a look at a couple of other games. Um, I'll talk about the Bears. Um, so Tampa Bay, Chicago. I think this is the Tony Romo Jim Nance game. So just for that, it's worth watching. Just because I love me a bit of Tony Romo, mate. I mean that guy knows what it's all about this will be an interesting game for both teams I think um you know the Buccaneers are coming off a, a relatively impressive win against the Philadelphia Eagles although the Eagles kept it closer than I thought most people thought they would do but um the Chicago defense will um cause Tampa Bay some some problems here I think you know Mack and Quinn have been the two best uh pass rushing duo in the league but the problem with the Bears defense is these big plays. And when you're coming up against um, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin, Ollie, it, this, this could cause serious problems. And not just that, but, but Tom Brady looking as good as Tom Brady's ever looked. Yeah, it's on form. I think you need to, to get him off balance because if he's you know, out there slinging it and maybe going into a sort of 14-point lead, I think you may have problems keeping pace, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I don't know, Bodge, what do you make of this? You said that I, should, I shouldn't be too downbeat. Our defence might do something. But to me, this Buccaneers team is just kind of kicking into gear at the right time. You know, they're kind of finding their way on offence and they're finding their way on defence. And it just seems like the kind of game where the Bears are going to get blown out. Yeah, I mean, Brady's numbers this season have been ridiculous. The amount of yardage that he's putting up is is literally insane. But uh, I think I put it quite bluntly on the chat yesterday. Just let's see the Bears defence get in the old man's face. Because that's the only way you're going to win this is if Brady's on the floor five or six times in this game. Yeah, and just want to give a, a special shout out before this game to Matt Nagy for giving us the 31st worst offense in the league for three consecutive years. So that's pretty good. Who's uh, 32nd? You know, uh, the Jets, I think, or the Jags, or some other shit team. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, the defense is the reason we've made it to three and three. We're not a good football team. I'm not expecting too much from this game, but. You know, I'm always I, I like hearing Tony Romo's voice, so just for that, I'll uh, I'll have yeah, it on. When he's analysing your mistakes, you know, it makes it feel better. Yeah, it really does. It's like a, it's like having David Attenborough comment over the mistakes in your life. I wouldn't feel so bad <laughs> about it. Uh, genuinely, I feel like things are going to be all right, and that's that's fine with me. Um, all right, where should we go? Titans Chiefs. It's quite a good game. Yeah, I mean, there's a few naff games this week, but. There's enough, uh, enough. In do, you want to, do you want to bring one up, Ollie? Uh, talk about one. Um, where are we going to go? Let's go to Sunday night. No, Monday night football. Seahawks Saints. Oh, Gino. Um, yeah, I haven't really heard a lot about the Saints recently. I think they've obviously did they have a bye last week or week before. Yeah, bye week. Yeah, um, but they've been fairly quiet. Drew Brees versus Russell Wilt. Oh, never mind. Russ is out. <laughs> Although you say Russ so is Drew Brees, out. I think yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, you say Russ is out, but um, he was pretty active during the Steelers game. Yeah, that's very. Yeah, cool. he was he's always going to be there, isn't he? Yeah, he's always going to be there. But this isn't the game that he used to be. Let's put it that way. It's not the game of even one season ago or two seasons ago. No. It's, um, it's it's a it's a game that the Saints have to go and put up put up some points and put up a performance against a, a poor Seahawks team. Yeah, I think if you're the Saints, um, take care of business and move on here, I think. 
let Jameis cook, man. Yeah. Let Little him throw for more than two hundred yards. Yeah, go on. I love a quirky stat. The Saints are bottom five in total yards and top ten in total points. Nice. So they're doing exactly kind of what we thought about it week one when Jameis threw for like 150 yards and five touchdowns. They've basically just done that all season. That is some Eric Ebron levels of efficiency. Yeah, that really is. That is outstanding, to be fair. I mean, their defense is really good as well. I mean, again, it's an overlooked defense, especially that that secondary is fantastic. And the offensive line's good. They look like a playoff team, the Saints. Let's put it that way. I think Liam's... Um, hot take of them finishing bottom of their division is just absolute anus. No <laughs> chance of happening. Uh, Has he but seen they look, the Falcons? Well, yeah, that's it. That's it. But no, they, they look like a competent team. But if you're the Saints, go and win this football game. Just go win it. Win it convincingly. You know, let's give yeah. Alvin Kamara the ball. 20. Actually, no, it's not giving the ball too much because I've just realised I'm playing only in fantasy. Let's, uh, um, let's give it a few times and then you know, give it to someone else. That's, that's the matchup of the week. Right there. Mm. Not from oh well yeah me and you yeah fantasy yeah too right mate I'm blowing uh, away to, uh, all the competition. Shout out to Malcolm Jenkins as well buying a stake in Burnley today. Yeah, what's all that about? No idea. <laughs> I mean, I read it and I just assumed I'd misunderstood. Because just, right, why you play for the Saints? Why aren't you buying a stake in Southampton? Come on now, oh, use your business head. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. My mate um, who I met in New Zealand, I'll give him a shout out. Uh, he's a Southampton fan and he purely supported the Saints because, you know, he's, you, so, yeah, you know, if you're Malcolm Jen- Jenkins, just do better. You know, he's a target market. Probably is. He's probably never been to Burnley. He might think it's some sort of exotic place. It's it, it is not. <laughs> no, it's not. It's definitely not. Turf Moor. All right. It might not sound like the worst place. Definitely I mean, never watched the Inbetweeners film. I mean, oh come and buy a stake in Coach United. Um, you know, you've got the stadium. You've got um, a McDonald's. You've got the motorway. <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even a motorway. It's an A-road. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 2,000 fans there last night. Let's go. Well, yeah. you know, we're the Eagles. I mean, you know, just just wait for Jalen Hurts to come and buy us. Yeah, good point. Good point. To be fair, Malcolm Jenkins used to play for the Eagles as well, I think. So. Oh, there you go. You know, Welcome to Colchester. How things could have been so different... For both eagles. It can be like undercover boss and he'll be dressed up as um, Eddie the Eagle. Breaking oh, news, oh, New Orleans show. Saints relocate to Colchester. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not watching an NFL game at the Job Serve Stadium or whatever it is. <laughs> is it still Western Homes Community Stadium, isn't it? No, Job Serve. The is it st- oh, is it a Job Serve? I didn't really... Oh, God, that was a guess. Jesus, what a dump. I reckon everyone who listens in different countries listening to this podcast right now is like, what the fuck are these people talking about? <laughs> What's a um, Colchester? Well, yeah, go Google it. It's a, it's a lovely place to go. All right, um, Bodge, is there any games uh, or one game that takes your fancy here before we close out? Um, where should we go? Um, a couple of um, couple of easy ones like Rams, Lions, Cardinals, Texans. Like, just do your yeah. and get the win. Yeah, we'll jump back well, again to uh, jump back a night to Colts, the 49ers. Um, yeah. Yeah, again, I quite like the Colts. I think they're a team on the up um, after some struggles in the first few weeks. And the 49ers, um, obviously, I, I feel like because of both scheduling and bye weeks, I haven't really seen much of Trey Lance yet. So I might even stay up for this one and see what he's all about and give him a go against a competent defence, but also a team that you can probably comfortably outscore if you really get your groove going. 
See, that's interesting because I was thinking of it the other way around, you know. I was thinking the Colts could do a number on this 49ers team. I, I just don't like the Niners' offense because, you, all right, you've got um, Trey Lance. You don't know what he's about yet. But other than Debo Samuel, they haven't got much in terms of receiving. They've got nothing at running back at the moment. I know Elijah Mitchell's back this week. But I, I, if I'm the Colts, I'm looking at Colts, go win this. You know? Oh, this absolutely. Is, this is a team you can beat. Carson Wentz is playing pretty well. Jonathan Taylor's playing great. Their receivers look better and their defense looks better. Let's have it. Yeah, and it's, you know, the, the 49ers defense, their strong point is their offense, is their defensive line. So, mm. you know, getting through Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead and all the rest of them is going to be tough. So give the ball to Wentz, let him find T.Y. Hilton, let him find Mo Ali Cox and Michael Pittman. And absolutely, I, I like this as kind of a, a sneaky good game. Yeah, I yes, agree. The Colts want to get anywhere near the playoffs. This is the sort of game they've got to win. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's very, you know, it's not out of the realms of possibility that the Titans lose to the Chiefs, obviously. And then they're only a game behind if they do go and win this. So, yeah, yeah, do it. Go make a play. Enjoy it. Titans Chiefs is, uh, could be, could be right. I think, I think if they want to keep pace, they're not going to be able to just run it with Henry. They're going to have to throw the ball. Um, yeah, especially against the, the chief secondary, which is the worst in the league yes, at the moment. They could do it. So, um, but at the same time, if I'm the Titans, I want to keep the ball in Henry's hands and keep it out of my hands. Mm. Yeah, depends. It depends on you know, how the how the game goes. Whether the Chiefs go up early, if you need to sort of try and try and throw it to keep pace with them. Um, That's positive before the podcast. Like you wouldn't be surprised if both these teams put up 40, 50 points. Because yeah, their defense stinks. Yeah, absolutely stinks. Just a quick word, because there is a revenge game. Um, it's the Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff revenge game. Uh, so yeah. Rams, Lions. It makes it slightly more interesting. I mean, the Rams are going to win this, obviously, but it gives it a little bit of spice, doesn't it? A little bit of absolutely. spice. See what see what both quarterbacks can do against their old teams. You'd be expecting Matthew Stafford to put up a show against. Uh, his old team. But, you know, Jared Goff, he's not been playing too bad. I know Dan Campbell called him out last week and said, look, he's got to do more. But I actually don't think he's been terrible. He's been nowhere near the worst quarterback in the league. But, yeah, put up a show against your old team. Do something. Yeah, I was going to play Stafford in, in fantasy and it could go one of two ways, really. He could, he could go off or he could um, take it easy on him. Jared Goff about to go one and six and running around the sofa going, I still own you. I still own oh, you. Oh, please, <laughs> please. That would be, honestly, that would make my year, I think, stuff like that. Do you know what? It's not, yeah, I think that's a good show, Ollie. I don't think Stafford is going to want to go ham against his old team. Uh, oh, then again, it is competitive football, isn't it? But if they're up by so much, they might just chuck in their back up, whoever that is. Just, just go 7 nil up and then just kneel for the rest of the game. Yeah, to be fair, I can't see the Lions putting out much more than seven points in this one anyway. Um, all right, boys, is there anything else you want to talk about before we close this one out? No, I think we're good. I think we're hey. good. Um, good. All right, lovely stuff. Um, all right, I'll do... I'll do the social shout out because why not? I'm talking anyway. So if you do want to get in touch with us, we're at 4th and Out Pod. Um, and then fourthandoutpod at gmail.com on email. Um, we're on Facebook as well, fourthandoutpod. Um, yeah, do get in touch. We'll try and be more socially active, I think is the word. Um, and uh, get on the social media a bit more. So, yeah, please do get in touch, get involved. Um, and, yeah, I think that's it, isn't it, boys? Yeah, good to go. Good stuff. All right. Right, Liam, thank you for joining us again, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks very much. 
Ollie, thank you. Thank you. See you soon. See you soon and see you all next week. Thank you. Oh, I've got to stop the recording. Oh, shit tits. <laughs>